Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 241 of At Odds With Wrestling. Joe and Adam here. Adam, hello. Hello, Joe. How are you? Doing good. Just enjoying the uh, the end of my McDonald's Diet Coke, so my apologies. Well, at least it's diet, so it's healthy. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, hey, I just figured as per soon-to-be-named network corporate policy, I should get you my time-off requests as early as possible. Okay. And the NFL schedule just came out an hour ago. Uh, and I regret to inform you, uh, the 2024, well, 2023-2024 NFL Super Bowl champion Pittsburgh Steelers <laughs> will be playing on two Thursday night games this season. Aha. Uh, Thursday, November 2nd, where they will defeat the Tennessee Titans. And then Thursday, December 7th, where they will defeat the New England Patriots. So uh, I'm going to set up the new Patreon tier where for like $100 you get to take my spot. Uh, I'll get that up and running. All right. (laughs) But uh, I just figured I'd let you know uh, several months in advance so you can't say that I snuck it in on you at the last minute. Um, Well, you're going to sneak it in on yourself because you'll forget. That is true. Yeah. Um. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if there's time off allotted for football, of all things, you know? Well, it's funny you should mention that. This isn't the Patreon plug, but it'll be the Patreon plug. Uh, I was doing Vintage at Odds uh, for an episode that will actually drop early. I believe it's scheduled to drop on Saturday. And uh, it was the first instance of me not showing up to a podcast for sports. And uh, there may have been a a surprising guest host on that episode. Hmm. Uh, again, I, I always like to, re- 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 you know, uh, speak about this and say, it's great that I've spoken into a microphone, um, thousands of times for tens of thousands of hours, um, over the last 18 years. And I remember so little of it. <laughs> you don't have that, uh. That steel trap of a memory that I do. You know, nothing, nothing. I never forget what I'm going to say. Or what well, I, I remember important things. Just, yeah. you know, oh, Adam didn't show up for a podcast and there was somebody else on. I'm like, all right, that sounds like a thing that happened. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can, you know, that little sheet uh, that you have on the wall next to your desk that says it's been X amount of weeks since Adam missed a podcast. Uh, uh-huh. You'll eventually are going to have to flip that down and back to zero. Gotcha. So sometime in November, sometime in December. That's their. That's the winter's problem. That's <laughs> yeah. That's winter Joe's problem. That Joe is not even recognizable to current Joe right now. No, no goodness, no. All right. Well, again, you know, football. Good luck right. with all that. Priorities. This is our year. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Uh, so enough about this is not that show. That's sports talk. Which again, maybe you could do a sports talk or something while. That's going on, so at least the coffers are being filled one way or the other, you know? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Right. I haven't given uh, Marcus and Brett a chance to take their victory laps yet. They need to come on and do it. Oh, there you go. I don't pre... I Listen, I just see who calls in, but maybe there might be calls about, you know, sports and other things later on in the show when we get to phone calls, you know? Excellent. I like that this is becoming a sports talk radio show. <laughs> Well, it's you going on social media and agitating people. Oh, and you know what? This is I could I could um let's talk about this. Um I like to to throw these sort of things um 
out at you, not plan these sort of things, uh, catch you off guard, whatever. Mm. Uh, so yesterday during Dynamite, um, you tweeted about the guy in the crowd with the uh, pop, not soda sign, right? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, it does the usual Adam numbers. <laughs> like four likes, yeah. Right. And then about 20 minutes later, uh, Trevor Dame, uh, you know, he, Ring of Honor podcast, uh, you know, mixes it up online quite a bit with folks, you know, very known Twitter personality. Yeah, slightly, uh, slightly more followers than I have. Yeah, he goes and he tweets out more or less word for word the same tweet, right? Yeah. And I'm not going to say by any stretch of the imagination that he stole your tweet. No, because he doesn't even follow me. Exactly. You know? So then you go and send out one tweet uh, complaining about it. (laughs) Then you send out another tweet where you quote tweet him. And then... That was the same tweet. No, no, no. There was one... Wasn't there one tweet where it was the image... Of his tweet, and then there was another one where he was tagged in it? No, no, no. I sent one out just screenshotting his, just saying I need to get a better PR team. Because his, as you pointed out, was the same tweet. Yeah. But like within like 30 seconds had like 50 likes on it. Right. That was all I did. And then you retweeted mine, which brought it to his attention. And that's how him and I got in like a, a, a quick discussion, you know? <laughs> and Trevor, being a nice guy, went ahead and retweeted yours and deleted his. Yeah, and my, like this must be what it's like to be Ed. To have <laughs> my phone going off every six seconds. Because like it didn't do Ed numbers. Like I can't go to Taco Bell based on this tweet. It only, I think it froze at like 150 something likes. Yeah. But that, I mean, obviously that's that's huge for my Twitter. I'm gonna you know, I'm finally finally hitting the big time. But like for about an hour like every few seconds my phone was just going off. So I I, my Twitter's not set to make a sound, but I get the icon on my watch, and my watch kept lighting up, you know? Mm. Yeah, I, was... The, I was going to say, it's one of the rare times where I was watching Dynamite or Wrestling in General live, because usually I might have a somewhat entertaining comment, but it doesn't apply when you're, like, two hours late, you know? Yeah, that's true. But hey, uh, but thanks, it was, it, it was just fun to see a, a fun Adam Twitter interaction with someone, uh, like, you know, toward the, maybe, like, two steps up on the wrestling Twitter food chain uh, than even myself, you know? No, absolutely. Yeah, it's a uh, much-needed exposure. You know, I, I plugged my SoundCloud in there. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then I saw, well, again, it just, it, you're so interesting when it comes to the tweets like that, that, like, you're like, oh, man, I wish my tweets did numbers. <laughs> And it's like when I tweet shit out, it's just like, oh, this dumb idea I need to shake loose out of my head. And if I don't, it'll be rattling around in my head all day. If it gets one like or a hundred likes, I don't care. You know, if it gets, you know, hundreds of likes, that's great. Mm -hmm. But like, I'm not like hoping like, oh, this is the one. This is the one that's going to break through, you know? (laughs) Yeah, I'm just waiting for my star making performance any day now. Right. Let's hope today is it. Let's start the podcast for real, huh? All right, let's do it. And now, At Odds with Wrestling presents This Day in Wrestling History. All right, Adam, This Day in Wrestling History. It's a busy week. All right. This day, whatever, right? 
Uh, so we're lining up with the 1996 ECW Arena shows, which is fantastic. Um, arguably uh, a better consistent run than even 1995, which is one of the best times in all of wrestling for ECW, of course. Uh, this is a show that did not get a full commercial release in a matter of respect. Uh, it was chopped up for three weeks of TV. Um, you know, the the infamous, did we mention this is just clip sort of stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's highlights in here. You know, the Shane Douglas, Too Cold Scorpio thing with Shane winning the TV title here uh, is pretty good. And then he, like, bounces it around. like And, like, there's a bunch of people that end up getting it and will... You know, not spoil things as the weeks go on, but see this space again in three weeks, you know? Sure. Um, We have uh, RVD versus Sabu in a respect match, which RVD wins. And it's the thing where Sabu speaks for the first time in ECW, uh, where he just says, I respect you. And he holds up the hand to shake him and Rob RVD just like blows him by, you know? Mm hmm. Um, but those are like the only like notable things uh, that happen that came out of this show. I would say. What El Porto Ricanio versus Damian Six 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 is not memorable. Well, I think that was a uh, either Eliminators or Nine One One run in. This might be the clip of you ever see the clip that was in the ECW opening of the Eliminators giving a dude total elimination and like literally like folding him in half. Uh this might be it. Okay. <laughs> I always wonder where some of those clips come from. You know? Yeah. Hey, yeah, yeah, listen, I can, I can pinpoint some of them, but not all of them, you know? Yeah. Uh, but also, uh, moving along, 1997, this day in wrestling history, uh, the World Wrestling Entertainment held the In Your House, A Cold Day in Hell pay-per-view. Um, and again, WWF still in a period of transition. They're still getting their ass kicked by WCW. But, you know, there's pieces here, right? Um we have uh, on the free for all rockabilly versus uh, the real double J Jesse Jamis. <laughs> Did he sing on his way out? No, no. This was the oh. feud of like honky. This was actually, I think, the debut of Billy Gunn as rockabilly. Okay, time will tell on that gimmick. I think it still has legs. That's right. Uh, Hunter Hearst Helmsley versus Flash Funk, and this was them like cost cutting and getting rid of the Funkettes. Um, by stating that China had attacked them backstage and they were too afraid to come out with Flash Funk, and that's the way they wrote them off for having to pay, like, two girls to come out and dance with an act that they've given six months to and hasn't gotten over yet. (laughs) Um, If only he had a a pre-existing gimmick before this time that could have fell back on. Listen, you know, he he, he gets there eventually. Give it a year, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Mankind against still babyface Rocky Maivia, fresh off, I think, losing the Intercontinental title back to Hunter Selmsley. Okay. Um, Nation of Domination against Ahmed in a gauntlet match, and this was the beginning, like, the next night on Raw, because they lose to Ahmed Johnson, and then the next night on Raw is when they start breaking everything up into all the different factions out of the Nation of Domination. Like Crush going off and doing DOA, that type of deal? Yep. Okay. Uh, Ken Shamrock's first match in WWE uh, against Vader in a no holds barred match. Mm, go watch this match. They kind of sort of beat the shit out of each other for real, a bunch. Hmm, I have no memory of that. Like, yeah. seriously. And then uh, a match that would go on to headline many more pay per views over the next two years, but this was the first time that The Undertaker took on Stone Cold Steve Austin on a World Wrestling Entertainment pay per view. 
Okay. Like, is this like full baby face Stone Cold or still kind of no? This is you know we're a month we're a month off Russell or two months off uh, WrestleMania at this point. He's you know baby face. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You know that that era is kind of fuzzy. You know, Uh it wasn't this day in history. It comes together, and that's why we do this day in history, right? Yeah. All right, so now it's 1998. It's 25 years ago. It's our head-to-head Monday Nitro versus Monday Night Raw. Um, you know, there's still stuff going on on uh, Raw, you know, building the pieces of the Attitude Era. Um, we get the in-ring debut of Kai and Ty. We get the the deal where Dustin Rhodes throws the gold dust gimmick and, like, the flaming barrel at the top of the stage. Um, but most importantly... The groundwork is laid for the main event of the upcoming In Your House Over the Edge. And let's uh, go to some of those participants right now. All right, throw it down to the ring. Wait, hope he comes out in tie-dye. Oh, what? What? (laughs) I don't believe it. Doing Pee Wee Herman dance. Get sweatpants on. Corporate Mankind is a shirt, tie, and sports coat, but still sweatpants and sneakers. He's got his teeth in. I've known this guy for years. I've never seen him with his front teeth in. He's got his front teeth in. He's wearing a suit. Well, or at least a part of a suit. A number one contender for the WWF title. Looks to be carrying the Wall Street Journal as well. Handsome man. I say that every week, but I mean it this time. If you're loyal to Mr. McMahon, he'll be loyal to you. He'll take care of you. Look at this. He looks like a professor. <laughs> I don't know if I'd go that far. Mr. McMahon. Listen to that crowd. Last week on this very program, I seemed somewhat confused as to what my identity truly was. He's even shaved. I have to pause it for a second. There's a guy right behind Mick. With a sign that says, lick my nuts, Vince. (laughs) Sorry. Now I'm proud to say, only one week later, I know exactly who I am. He looks good, JR. I am a well-educated man. (laughs) I am a speaker of four different languages. Really? I am a reader of Greek tragedy and a student of American history. (laughs) I am a lover of women. (laughs) I am a leader of men. And I am a surprisingly good dancer for a big man. (laughs) I am the king of hardcore wrestling. And as Stone Cold Steve Austin will find out, and over the edge, I am the world's toughest SOB. Now listen, I could play the whole thing, but uh, there is a punchline in the second clip where he says that he found his smile. <laughs> I used to quote the, uh, like in reference to myself, saying that I'm a surprisingly good dancer for a big man, but I completely forgot the first two parts of that until just now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this was this is great stuff, you know. Yeah. Um, the, the, the build toward Mick and Stone Cold and the feud and everything that happens, you know, um, they're still not winning every week in the ratings. 
Um, but Raw is uh, definitely making strides, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go see what's going on over on the uh, Distinguished Competition. Now, bear in mind, uh, uh, Nitro is still three hours. Um, you know, we have to fill the show with matches like Fit Finley defending the TV title versus Chaos of High Voltage. Mm-hmm. Uh, Goldberg defending the U.S. title against Len Denton. Uh, against what now? <laughs> exactly. Um, again, we have to. We have we have three hours of TV to fill. Um, but this is the go home show for Slamboree, right? Okay. We're gonna start with the angle that you and I care about, and the big angle coming out of this one, right? All right. There's no one else for me to face. I've done all I can do. So after tonight's performance. I'm going to take this belt, I'm going to retire it, because nobody can ever, ever beat me for this belt. <laughs> All right. It just points out the distance. I think you may have uh, counted on some things that are not going to come to pass. Please, this tie is mine. If you want it, I'll buy you one. Gene, first of all. Wait a minute. Once again on the scene... Chairman of the Executive Committee, J.J. Dillon, I'm certain you've overheard this very interesting conversation. I apologize for the interruption, but Mr. Jericho, I think any announcement about retiring the title might be a little bit premature. Now, granted, you have taken on all of the top contenders, and you have defeated all of them. However, what you're not aware of is that the Executive Committee has already signed... For Slamboree this Sunday, 15 of the top cruiserweights in the world to meet in a battle royal at Slamboree. That's news to me, JJ. When did you let the cat? This it? This the announcement? Right, it was just signed, and the prize to the winner is that they will then challenge you for the cruiserweight title at Slamboree. On the very same night, I can't believe wow. it. Wow. The table is set for that one. Is he wearing a skirt? Wait a minute, Gene. You're telling me. <laughs> that's that's Prince Ayakea's oh. little mahi-mahi, he calls it. Oh, okay. That's yeah, the first yeah. time I saw him, like, the wide shot. All right. All right. Men are going to be fa- After this one man has been beaten by 14 men, he's been pummeled, he's been destroyed, then I get to face him? The man that survives the battle royal is the man that will challenge you. Those are good odds. I'll take it. Before I leave, Mean Gene, I'd just like to say I want to dedicate the rest of my career to this man, a true man of respect. Wait a minute. A man of ah! What have you done? <laughs> Somebody has defaced this picture of Dean Malenko. I got a sneaking suspicion it was you. I left this thing alone for five seconds in the dressing room. Who did this to my picture of Dean Dean? <laughs> well, I'm seeing what you've done in the weeks uh, before this, and certainly... Oh, he's just in shock. Poor Jericho. He can't believe it. I can't believe it. I know. Who would do that? That's, oh, I need to get that picture of Dean Malenko and draw that stuff on it. <laughs> but again, the um, we've talked before many times about the Cruiserweight Battle Royal. Um, I always screw up and say that it's at Batch of the Beach, but it's at Spring Stampede. And, like, they're setting things up here. Like, Jericho's like, oh, I've beaten everybody. I'm going to retire as the champion. And they kind of set things up, um, you know, like, this is maybe, like, the end of the angle. But after the pay-per-view and the next week on Nitro, it's like Jericho just ascends to, like, another level. 
Yeah. He's basically the Roman Reigns of 25 years ago. Mm. You know, he's smashing and stacking all the cruiserweights. He's gone through everybody. He's got nothing left to prove. We'll, we'll see how that works out next week. <laughs> I'm um, sure everything will be okay. Right. But again, Slamboree, there's the go-home show for Slamboree. We've got matches. And listen, everything gets promo time. It's three hours on Nitro. You've got Raven versus DDP in a Bowery death match, whatever the hell that is. Uh, you've got M- Macho Man versus Mr. Hitman. You've got Sting and the Giant, who this episode of Nitro joined the regular NWO. Sting has not joined any NWO yet, taking on Kevin Nash, who's definitely in the Wolf Pack, and Scott Hall, who hasn't been on TV in a couple weeks. But the last time that we saw him, he was in NWO Black and White, but they tell us on TV that he's in. <laughs> NWO Wolfpack, I'm sure this will all work out correctly, right? Yeah, I think we mentioned this on the Patreon last week. It's very difficult to follow NWO lore around that time. Oh, yeah. Um, Which is why I pretty much avoided it at the time, because it was so terrible and so bad. But uh, this, this gets TV time. This is maybe one of the most memorable moments for WCW during the Attitude Era. Been sending his little wannabes around demanding to talk to moi problem with that is he only sends them where he knows i'm not going to be but that's okay because i've got a solution sean waltman you want an apology from me you actually show up at our offices on a monday afternoon when I think you probably got it figured out, even you, Sean, are smart enough to figure out I probably won't be there. And as far as the apology goes, bite me. I apologize to no one. This is in response to the invasion, right? Yes. But I've got a better idea. Because, Sean, I know you're just a little puppet. You do what Vince McMahon tells you to do. So Vince McMahon, this is for you. I'm coming to your backyard this Sunday. That's right, where's some ass? Got a little pay-per-view thing going on. And I got a hell of an idea. Just a hell of an idea. You want me? I'm gonna be in your backyard. Consider this an open invitation Vince McMahon, you show up at Slamboree, it'll be me and you, McMahon, in the ring. Well, he's got me with that one. I buy a ticket. Hmm. About it, Vinny. But I want to warn you people right now, if you think Vince McMahon has got the guts to show up, don't buy this pay-per-view, because I guarantee you, he is not man enough to step into the ring with moi. But I'll be there, Vinnie Mac. I'll be waiting for you, and I'm going to knock you out. (sighs) So... Obviously, this is so you, we mentioned the DX invasion and the DX invasion is happening like every week on Raw, 
we're just not playing them because there's that that first one. Mm-hmm. And then like in subsequent weeks, they get like worse and worse. Um, I'm tipping my hand. We're playing next week's because I would say that next week is maybe the worst of them all. And WWE likes to like hang their hat on the first one with the tank, quote unquote, <laughs> and showing up at the Norfolk scope where Bischoff says they know he won't be there, but he was there. Um, but they don't play like the following three weeks of DX invading. They go to uh, CNN center. Then they go to the, the strip mall where the actual WCW headquarters actually are. And then it culminates all with next week's big payoff to all of this. Yeah, now that you mention, like, I have a passing memory of there being more of them, but obviously, aside from the the army invasion with the the jeep with the giant PVC tube on the top, that's that's the only one that's ever been replayed in my mind or in person. Yeah, right. Now, um, you know, obviously, um, Eric makes this grandstand challenge, and there's lots of speculation as to why. Um, you know, because it's not happening on TV, we're not really talking about it so much. Um, but there's a whole behind-the-scenes lawsuit that's currently going on with Eric Bischoff and WCW and Ric Flair. And the, a lot of people were saying that it was this angle was Bischoff's, like, Hail Mary. Like, well, he was uh, Bischoff was essentially going to try to replicate Austin and McMahon with him and Ric Flair. Okay, yeah. Which, oh, go ahead. Which they do end up doing a little bit later on in the year, but he wanted, Bischoff wanted it to happen now. <laughs> yeah, you know, another uh, up-and-comer, hot baby face like Ric Flair, you know? Well, again, it was someone who was, like, universally beloved, right? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> At least that'll be the first and the only time WCW just blatantly cut and paste something that the Attitude Era WWE does. Mm-hmm. Um, now, again, there was even lawsuits over this, even though Bischoff says um, he guarantees that, like, he's making the challenge, but he guarantees that Vince won't be there. Mm-hmm. Um, they still were able to, WWF was still able to sue and were able to win the lawsuit over that, right? And there was, and on, you know, early 1998, WWF.com, Vince released a press release and said, while he will not be in Boston this weekend for WCB's pay-per-view, if Eric would like to meet him in an alley somewhere with no cameras, he'd be more than happy to do so. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, man, like, this is, like, there's, you're going to see both sides making lots of grandstanding, lots of crazy things are going to be happening happening over the next couple weeks but like this thing from bischoff is a man like cracking under the pressure yeah and didn't uh like is this this clip you just played a bischoff he's referring to a pay-per-view that's that following weekend right yeah like this is a monday this is the go home show for slamboree yeah because i seem to remember there being like uh bischoff like calling out mcmahon but bischoff was on a motorcycle that was like dropped down from like rafters or something like that that's the neck i think that's the following night nitro because what they end up doing is um so they do a training vignette on thunder with eric 
And then they do a deal where they do the full introduction for Vince at the pay-per-view. And then when Vince doesn't come out, they count him out and they declare Eric the winner of the match. Okay. And then I think it's next week's Nitro where Bischoff comes out to gloat that he beat Vince the night before at Slambury. All right. Because just again, I have that visual stuck in my head of Bischoff calling out McMahon while sitting on a motorcycle, you know? Right. No, I get you. I get you. Um, but obviously there is one more thing that we have to um, mention. Doesn't necessitate necessitate its own jingle, uh, mm-hmm. but as long as they're happening, um, we're, we're, we have no choice but to play. Now, there's a little bit of a longer clip uh, that I'm playing here because, as I mentioned last week, um, most of the YouTube pages that had these uh, have either been nuked or have made the, all their video po- private. But where there's a will, there's a way. Um, and I could pretty much find uh, most any recentish thing. And uh, this is uh, from an episode of TNA Impact from 17 years ago. We are backstage with the X Division's Team USA. Guys, I get from here. Jeremy, thanks. You've been great. Now, gentlemen, I've gathered you here today to deliver a message. Now, I know you don't get along with me very well, and you don't really like me very much, and believe me, the feelings returned. Jay Lethal. Okay, all right. I felt myself remiss as an X Division wrestler, a humanitarian, and a friend. If I didn't show you guys this video. Okay, so eyes on the prize. Okay. You know, I know you brought me here for a reason. I know you agreed to do this and somehow benefit yourself. Nothing wrong with that. Tell me what's up, please. Uh, I mean, I knew you'd get this back to TNA. Absolutely. I, mean, I know that this 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 lair and... Uh, you're right. I mean, I've got till October 07 left of my contract, and they're going to honor it. And, uh, you know, they spent all this time on Sting. And uh, the thing is, you know, if they do that for Sting, they should do a lot more for Kevin Nash. And they haven't. So I look at it and I say, you know, all right, I'm going to have to shake things up around here. So I say to myself, what, what am I going to do? If you're going to pick something, I said, I'll go after the little prize and joy. The little pride and joy. I'm going to go after One tank. the X Division. Mm. I'm going to go after something that, that's dear to their heart. That's something that they, that they actually feel is giving TNA its identity. Because the way I look at it, if I destroy what gave, us, it gave TNA its identity, then I become its identity. If you become something's identity, you become the most valuable thing in that in that in that company, which means the most money. And by the time October comes up and my deal's up, I'll be the the hottest entity in the business again. Again. These kind of numbers will be going through the roof again. And guess what? Lo and behold, I'm ready to negotiate. You could line up Every one of your guys, everyone, you could line up the entire X division in a line, in alphabetical order, and me at my age right now could single-handedly beat every one of you guys night after night after night. A mediocre, mediocre, mediocre big man would destroy the best small man night and night out. Night and night out. What's the, what's the uh, X division? What's the motto you guys use? A little catchy thing. Tagline they put out for it. Yeah. I believe, and I didn't come up with it, but it's not about weight limits. It's about no limits. Number one, always take credit for anything you can. You should have said, I came up with that. <laughs> Number two, I, I want to see if you guys can back that up. I want to see what, I want to see which one of you guys can back that up when you take a size 16 boot in your face. All right, that's all I got to say. Thanks. 
I'll take a hike. Wow. All right. <laughs> so this is the beginnings of paparazzi production. We had the debut last week. Uh, listen, we're going to be playing all the paparazzi productions on the show every week. Oh, I'm so excited. And that was like videoception. We were watching a video of the X Division watching a video of Kevin Nash. That's right. And like, again, like I said, the X Division, hey, listen, Sanjay says, you know, Kevin will be at the pay-per-view this weekend. I'm going to go and I'm going to confront him. Uh, I have a feeling Kevin doesn't show up for that pay-per-view. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, well. oh, man, this is such good stuff, man. You know, and I know, like, uh, like it's nice to have it all clipped up and in one place with YouTube. But, you know, it's also nice to have, like, every episode of Impact on TV on one location as well. Because uh, um, I... Paid for their streaming thing. Yeah, that's what I did. Yeah, that I honestly, when I was seeing that up on your screen there, I was like, wow, the Impact streaming app uh, doesn't look like I would have expected it to do. You know, nope. it looks uh, looks really, really thrown together and uh, interesting. <laughs> looks looks very similar to my uh, streaming site that I have all the ECW TV with the original I, music and stuff. I was just about to say that. I, I, have, yeah. I have that streaming service bookmarked as well for, for homework uses. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, hey, yeah. Adam, that's enough history stuff. Let's get into the last week. What would you uh, like to talk about? Where would you like to begin? Uh, I'm just going to start off most recently, and I don't have a specific thing to call out from it, but I'm just going to say that aside from one terrible sign in the crowd... Last night's last night's dynamite was like top to bottom, like a really good show. And I, I don't know if you're gonna pinpoint on anything specific on there, but I got like a real like remember when the Raw after WrestleMania was actually like a really good two to three hours of television? Mm-hmm. That's what that's what this episode of Dynamite felt like, even though it's not the show after a pay-per-view or the go home show to a pay-per-view. Um like, obviously, right off the rip, you had Ray Phoenix versus Claudio, which was, like, a, a great match. Not that you wouldn't expect it to be, but on a night of great matches, it's like, hey, this is our opener. And, you know, Orange Cassidy versus Daniel Garcia. The House of Black and their spooky match, like, where they just killed the best friends, that was a lot of fun. And then, obviously, the main event, like, that bloodbath, that hardcore, like, just destruction uh, where Anna Jay and Julie Hart wrestled, uh, but also like Kenny Omega and John Moxley was fucking sick too. But like top to bottom, a really good show. Plus you have like Miro coming back. You have Thunder Rosa coming back and whether you like them or you don't, it is two like bigger names. That's like, Hey, here's two people that we're going to tease are returning all in one shot. So uh, like a really enjoyable show from top to bottom. Um, so yeah, I would say, uh, top to bottom, as you mentioned, um, this was, it felt like a dynamite of old, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, lots of moving pieces, lots of great matches, that sort of thing. Um, but there's two things, you know, I'm so glad that you, you went over so much that happened on dynamite and I did have it in my notes, just that it was a great episode of dynamite. Um, some of the stuff I was tweeting out, of course, but, um, Two things that you didn't mention that that I would like to mention. Uh, one, of course, would be Christian's promo. Mm-hmm. Um, Christian is amazing. Maybe the best heel in wrestling today. Um, great promo. And, you know, somebody else pointed this out, so I'll give uh, credit to someone else. Um, you know, on, on Twitter just, that I saw. Nash was that? just told you to take credit for everything. Well, listen. <laughs> um, 
I think that's the Kevin Nash character, you know? <laughs> right. um, no, Kevin Nash would take credit for everything. But, uh, you know, I felt this way and a lot of other people felt this way that when Kevin or uh, Christian was cutting the promo, talking about Arn Anderson, uh, talking about Arn Anderson's son, and then people were like worried that Christian was going to go like super dark because maybe like within the last month or so, like Arn lost one of his sons tragically, like his, you know, his son's a little bit older than Brock. And then somebody else had pointed out that it even looked like Christian, like kind of realized like his wording didn't work out that right. And you could see him kind of st- stumble. But again, he's a pro. He saved it. He brought it back. Um, it, it's like, obviously, it's what he says and the way that he lays things out. But it's also the way that he says them and he gives the pauses where you're supposed to. And he's not the guy who, like an MJF, would just come out and say, her, her, your son died. The crowd would boo and then he would make a stupid face and then move on. Yeah, there you was know? even a, towards the beginning of Christian's promo, he he was like miss miss saying a word and he caught himself in the middle of it paused and let the crowd boo and made it look like oh he was gonna pause there from the just the thunderous boos anyways and then obviously says the word properly when he starts back up you know he used him catching himself in a flub as an opportunity to let the crowd boo you know just to sit there and linger in it um, so then they're doing the videos for all the pillars, you know, to build them up and, you know, whatever your feelings about them is, whatever your feelings about them is. Uh, but then when they do the jungle boy one, Christian is the talking head one. And even though like he only talks for like 30 seconds, it's great. Um, he gets himself over as a heel. He gets his relationship with jungle boy over, he gets jungle boy over. And then he even plants the seeds to make people think that like, Maybe Jungle Boy's going to turn heel, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so Christian doing a lot of the heavy list lifting for, like, at least two programs on the show this week. And then uh, the other thing, of course, is I am aghast and shocked and disgusted, even more so, by FTR Bald. What a piece of crap he is for doing that to his supposed best friend, Mark Briscoe. After everything that FTR and the Briscoes were through and standing by Mark's side and everything else like this. And all of a sudden, Tony Khan announces that Mark is the special guest referee for the match at the pay-per-view where Double J and Jay Lethal are going to win the AEW tag team titles. All of a sudden, FTR, bald, feels threatened and unprovoked, premeditated, some would say, attacks... Mark Briscoe in the fashion that he did again for all the things for FTR to be ashamed of. And there's a lot. Um, this is at least in the top five. For the record, you're starting to sound like me with the way that you're twisting some of these stories, but I, 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 I watched a television show about professional wrestling. And this is the way that I interpreted things. Okay. Mm, yeah. Maybe you interpreted things a different way. Oh, no, I saw it the same way. It's just all right. I'm not expecting you to spell it out the way you did. And kudos is what I'm saying. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, Dynamite felt awesome. You know, like it felt like something was going to happen. And, you know, obviously we don't deal in rumor and innuendo. uh, But Tony Khan said that they're going to make a big announcement next week. And, you know, maybe we know what the announcement is. Maybe we don't know what the announcement is. Maybe a lot of these players are coming back because they need to fill some big name roles on a Saturday come July. 
Um, no. But listen, we'll let Tony announce it next week, and then we'll talk about it then. Yeah, and he'll announce it on TNT, not TBS, Bix. God. <laughs> um, the other thing I'm going to talk about, and I don't know if you're going to cover it at all, uh, but I did not watch Backlash. Uh, Tim and Marcus said it was really good over on Viewer's Choice. Uh, I am a little suspicious that uh, possibly they're getting some payola from uh, from Triple H because, uh, I don't know, do you ever talk to those two guys? They're very, like, happy all the time. And you don't get happy and nice unless you're getting paid. So that might explain the Nightmare Narcotic and the WWE, uh, like, uh, positivity over on their show but they told me the pay-per-view was good so i checked out parts of monday night raw because i wanted to see the brackets for the tournaments yes. uh, to, to crown the cody belts and i was a little bit i don't want to say shocked because it's, it doesn't shock me at this point but like pleasantly surprised that it was a series of three-way dances of triple threat matches so it's like okay let's see who's in the bracket and i don't have it all in front of me but one of the matches was Cody versus Finn Balor versus poor Miz. So I'm like, oh, man, it's a shame that they're going to burn off Finn Balor this early in the tournament. You know, like I, I know he's never going to be the guy in WWE. But as a fan, you know, I always want to see him push to his talents. And I'm like, it's a shame that, you know, Cody's going to beat him. But, you know, Brock Lesnar comes out, beats the tar out of Cody and Finn Balor actually wins. So I was like, oh, well, that's a pleasant surprise. Like, I I'm happy about that. Like, he's not going to win the tournament, but at least he went one round further. And you're not immediately putting the Cody belt on Cody. You're going to make him finish the story a little bit further down the road. Uh, but then WWE went and ruined any goodwill they had with me by burning off the entire left side of the brackets on the same show. Like, they didn't even finish all of the... I don't know, quarterfinals before they finished the semifinals because they ended up having, you know, Balor versus singing, dancing Seth <laughs> as like the, the I don't know, the, the next round that night. So they've completely burned off one side of the bracket before they've even done the opening round of the other side. And I, I have no idea. Has Vince never seen a tournament before? Like they don't do when you do the NCAA like Sweet 16, you don't like, let's get it down to one team on this side and then everybody else play all the games. It makes no sense. But Well, you know the other side of the bracket is the SmackDown bracket, right? But it's for a raw belt. Adam, I'll repeat myself. You <laughs> know the other side is the SmackDown bracket, right? Well, obviously, I didn't know that. But still, like, <laughs> why would you crown your, like, finalists from Raw before any of the SmackDown brackets done. Because Raw happens before SmackDown happens. But you know what happens after SmackDown? Next week's Raw. Okay, so here's what happens. So you've burned off the Raw bracket on Raw this week, and now you have Seth. You burn off the SmackDown bracket on SmackDown this week. Pay-per-views in two weeks. You do a contract signing, and then you do some physicality before you ship everyone off to Saudi Arabia. There's another pay-per-view in two weeks? Jesus Christ. <laughs> Did they just have one? Yes! <laughs> Makes no sense. Uh, listen, Adam, it's uh, it's almost as though I send you a weekly email that has the pay-per-view schedule until the end of the summer in it. I don't read that far down. <laughs> All right, fair enough. <laughs> um, but, so let me extrapolate a little bit on what you were saying in regards to the Cody thing, because I had the Cody thing in my my notes, Okay. 
Uh, we'll get back to backlash here in a moment. But I'll say one of the matches that you should not watch uh, is the main event, which is Cody uh, versus Brock Lesnar. And I'll just say this here publicly. That match should not have been the, the main event. Okay. okay. Um, don't listen to Tim. I know he, listen, he's <laughs> washing down his WWE pills with the nightmare narcotic. Okay. <laughs> um, so, uh, and I get Tim's argument is that if Cody's the guy who's going to be there on Raw the next night and Cody's the face of the company. The face. <laughs> the face. And it's going to be the Cody belt and everything else like that. Then, you know, you have to have Cody be the main event. And I say under normal circumstances, that's correct. But we haven't been dealing with normal circumstances when it comes to the way that you present professional wrestling for the last 22 years. WWE could do whatever the hell they want, right? So why all of a sudden did they do this? So the match, um, more the, the Cody and Brock match, okay, happens, a little fighting. Brock throws Cody around a little bit. Turnbuckle gets exposed. Brock hardways himself on the turnbuckle. Uh, Cody or uh, Cody goes after Brock when he's bleeding like like uh, it's a fantastic gusher that that Brock gets right. Okay. So then he he Brock gets Cody in the Kimura, and Cody pops his hips, and in a very lazy cover, didn't even have the bridge right between me and you. Didn't even look like Brock's shoulders were down. They counted the one, two, three, and Cody beat Brock, right? Yeah, I saw the footage on Raw. But after the match, Cody ran. He got the hell out of Dodge because he knew he was a thief Mm -hmm. and a coward. Okay? So your pay-per-view that you're building up this big face of the company, he's the guy who's on all the billboards and on the side of the trucks and on the everything else, and we're presenting him with the Cody belt in Saudi Arabia. You end the pay-per-view with his opponent standing tall and bloody in the middle of the ring while your babyface future champion is hightailing it out of there with his tail between his legs with a stolen victory. Yeah, I was about to say after like a fluke roll-up, basically. Right. So I'm like... That sucked. So then the next night on Raw, it starts off, Cody cuts the promo. And he talks about being here in Jacksonville and all the memories that he made in Jacksonville during the pandemic. And he talks about moving forward with the title. And they make no, they show the highlights. But Cody doesn't mention Brock in his promo, right? And I go, mm-hmm. oh, we're just going to ignore this and move on. I'm like, oh, that really sucks. And then the match happens. The three-way with Cody and Seth and The Miz and Cody hits the crossroads and everybody's laid out and Cody's about to get the pin. And then out of nowhere, Brock comes out, pulls Cody out of the ring and decimates him. Right. Mm-hmm. And it, it was, was, ah. was Balor and Miz. But and now again, Brock cuts a, uh, whoever the fuck was in the match. Who cares? Mm-hmm. I care. Brock cuts this great promo. He's cradling Cody's lifeless body. And all Brock needed to say was that go-home line in that promo where he says, who's the coward now? And Cody's the coward. And yes, he accepts Brock's challenge to a fight in Saudi Arabia. And if Cody is your guy, and you've already had Brock lose once on the shittiest, flukiest roll-up of all time, you better have fucking Cody smash Brock Lesnar in Saudi Arabia. And Adam... You think that's what's going to happen? 
Uh, probably not, but can I suggest something? Go ahead. Have uh, you know, have the match and have Cody kick Brock in the dick and get the win and just turn heel off of it. Because the crowd loves Lesnar. You know, more of the crowd loves Lesnar than loves Cody. Like, the kids love Cody, Tim loves Cody, but that's about it. Have him just lean into this coward, lean into being bitter that not only is he not going to get a chance to go after Roman's belt, but now he doesn't have a chance to go after the Raw belt, and Brock stole this from me, and you're all cheering him, and this is like, this is, I have a legacy to upheld, and you're you're keeping me from doing it, and just lean into it. Do a double turn, because the crowd already loves Lesnar anyways. It won't Not happen. a bad idea, but... I think they need to be more subtle about it than that. Yeah. Uh, maybe you do incidental contact to the dick. Um, you know what I mean? Like, you can't have... It, like, you gotta, you know what I, I I like your idea. All right? We're sitting around the pool. Bruce and <laughs> Pat and Vince, come on over. Adam's allowed in this one time, okay? Yay. <laughs> Don't push him in the pool, Vince. He's wearing his fancy watch, you know? But... I, you can't have Cody blatantly do it this soon because, as you mentioned, as much as the crowd loves B- Brock, the crowd loves Cody as well. Cody's not getting booze yet, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously, as you're saying, like the adult male fans, you're 35 to whatever fans love Cody and the kids and the ladies and Tim like Cody. But this is now the same situation that we were in with Roman however many years ago, where they kept trying to shove Roman down our throats, and then eventually, like, everyone turned against Roman, and they had to punt and turn him heel. I would hate to see them do that, because Cody's got a great heel run in him, but I don't think it's time yet. Yeah. I I, I do understand. I can see where you're coming from. To have him, I don't want to say accidentally do something heelish, but you know, maybe unintentionally do something that he shrugs his shoulders like, well, I guess I got to take advantage of this accidental nefarious thing that I just did, you know? Right. So you can kind of uh, plausible deniability on Raw the next week. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Uh, All right. Yeah, we'll see. But I, I, again, I didn't see the pay-per-view, so I didn't know that Cody like bailed after getting the win. And like you said, they never mentioned it on Raw. So that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, so is there anything else you want to talk about from this last week? Because I got I got the pay-per-view to talk about. Go ahead and talk about the pay-per-view. But that's all I got. All right. Um, watch the pay-per-view. Watch uh, EO Sky versus Bianca. Just an amazing match, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm no, I know you've probably seen the, the pics and the gifts and everything else of the pants that Bailey was wearing. I, I've been, uh, the council has had many meetings about that. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, but all the stuff with bad bunny, the bad bunny versus Damian priest match, go out of your way. This should have been the main event. Um, you will never see a reaction like this to a performer and they put it over huge. And listen, you know, Cody's their guy. He's the one that's going to be there all the time. Bad Bunny is an attraction. Logan Paul is an attraction. But the fact that WWE is able to rope in, you know, whatever your opinion of Logan Paul is, you know, one of the biggest YouTubers of all time. 
whatever your opinion of Bad Bunny is. And listen, I'm a 45-year-old white dude. Again, I don't know this music. This music doesn't speak to me. But when I tell my 11-year-old kid that Bad Bunny's wrestling, he cares. Yeah, like not to keep putting over Tim and Marcus, but like I think it was Marcus who brought up um, because I've never heard of Bad Bunny until I saw him on WWE television. You know, that's how out of touch I am. But Well, that's because uh, you don't go to a barber. If you went to your barber, he would have told you about it. Oh, fair enough. But like Marcus said that having Bad Bunny in WWE in 2023 is the equivalent of having Michael Jackson wrestle matches in like 1986. And Pretty I was much. Like, okay. Yeah, I was like, that makes sense when you use that analogy. And I didn't realize it was that big of a deal, you know? But, like, this is on top of it. Like, it's one thing for you to have Bad Bunny, Michael Jackson, whomever it is, okay, make appearances on your show. It's another thing for him to wrestle matches on your show. It's another thing to have him wrestle a match on a pay-per-view. I ain't calling them premium live events. They're pay-per-views. They've been pay-per-views for 35 years. See me in 35 more years, and I'll call them premium live events, right? Mm. Um, but to have it happen in his hometown country, right? Even if you just go and watch the clip of his entrance, you've seen Seth come out and the crowd do his whoa, 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 right? Yeah. You've seen Jericho come out and seen the crowd sing Judas, okay? Mm-hmm. You, I, and I'll be honest with you, I don't know what the song was, but you don't understand what a crowd reaction is until you see Bad Bunny come out and every single person in that building to a person is singing every single word of that song that he comes out to. In unison, not some people mumbling, not like people getting nudged, like, come on, sing, you know, we're on camera now. (laughs) 18,000 people singing this guy's hit song as he comes out to the ring to wrestle a match, okay? Yeah. And listen, it's a hardcore match. He wrestles the match like a celebrity, not a trained wrestler should wrestle the match. I'm an old man, and I could sit there and nitpick and say, boy, that referee sure was talking a lot during this match. (laughs) But I got to take that away and say this was a five-star sports entertainment moment. You get all the parties involved. You have... The legends involved with Savio Vega and Carlito. Adam, Carlito has a reputation of being a lazy, shiftless wrestler, okay? Mm -hmm. Prior to this past Saturday, if you played Carlito's theme song for me without the opening part of I Spit in the Face of People Who Don't Want to Be Cool, I'd have no fucking clue what this was, right? Yeah. They play his music for a run-in during the Bad Bunny Damian Priest match, and within two notes, he gets a Stone Cold Steve Austin pop. The crowd recognized Carlito from his WWE music. It was a crazy experience just to watch it to see what WWF can be. Okay, Mm -hmm. Even with me hyping it up as much as I am, I think if you watch it, you will have a better understanding than me explaining it to you. Yeah, I, I saw on Twitter, you know, the clips of Carlito's run in and Savio Vega. Um, I didn't see Bad Bunny's entrance. I might go and, you know, cue that up. I am curious to see if Bad Bunny is going to compensate Chris Jericho since he invented having fans sing his theme music. That's true. Um, 
Uh, so I'll have to see if there was some kind of recompense for that. But yeah, I do want to see the entrance just based on what you said there. But I saw the Carlito uh, Orange Cassidy pop, excuse you, um, you know, for him coming out. I caught all that stuff on social media, but the entrance of of uh, Bad Bunny, you know, the way you're painting, I might have to check that out. Yeah, yeah. go and watch the whole presentation, um, yeah. you know, from beginning to end. This should have been the main event. You close out the show, Bad Bunny, Victorious, spoilers, <gasps> in the ring with Ray and Carlito and Savio and the other LWO people. Big hometown guy, crowd going crazy, and you go off the air and then... You know, fucking Tim is like, oh, well, they wanted to get it out early so they could hit the news cycles, right? Like, what are they trying to do? Hit the 10 o'clock news, the 11 o'clock news? Who the (laughs) fuck's watching the 10 o'clock and 11 o'clock news? It's a 24-hour news cycle. Stuff happens at 11.03. It's on the news at 11.04 if it's a big enough story, right? Yeah. Plus, you think about, like, how many WWE pay-per-views, especially recently, have they been sending the, the home crowd home happy? Like, going back to, like, Drew McIntyre losing at Ca- Clash of the Castle. Yeah. And WrestleMania with all the Cody fans going home crying when Brock re- – or when uh, Roman retained. Like, have like, – if – obviously, you, you, know, you say Cody won the, the main event, but not in convincingly, yay, we're going to celebrate for Cody fashion. So you can say that even that main event didn't leave people happy. Uh, like having Bad Bunny go over would have been a way to unequivocally say that like everybody left happy from that arena. Yeah, you know, unless there was that one random Damian Damian Priest fan in the back standing next to DJ cheering him on the entire time. Right, exactly. And, and listen, I, I loved him to death. Tim does a great job over on Final Wrestling Place and on Viewer's Choice. It just He's the one that I hear or see speaking and saying, no, this was the right decision the way the card was done. Um, but again, I, I, I'm done picking on Tim. But I will end with this one thing. You know, Obviously, um, we see this huge reaction. Puerto Rico has two back-to-back sellouts. They have the Friday Night SmackDown. They got the pay-per-view. Lively crowds and everything else like that. And everyone is like, man, WWE should just run Puerto Rico all the time, right? How quick do you think that crowd will die if they watch a Raw like we had this past Monday? (laughs) How quick do you think those Puerto Rican fans will turn on a Monday Night Raw like we went to back in November here in Wilkes-Barre, right? Yeah. (laughs) This is the first time that WWF has run in Puerto Rico in 17 years. Yeah, it's like people who were starved. You make them special things. Um, I know Chris uh, Zellner over on Between the Sheets had speculated and had toyed with the idea of WWE doing residency in Las Vegas for their TV. And that's not the worst idea in the world if you're just going to pump in crowd noise for whatever happens anyway. Mm -hmm. You do your TVs in Las Vegas. You do your house shows on the weekend. And then when you go to Philly for a pay-per-view – Outside of a house show in Reading, they haven't been in Philly in months. So you're going to get a more lively crowd. You're going to get a more energetic crowd. And if you start doing things that way where you make the pay-per-views more special, you're going to get that bigger reaction. And maybe if it's the weekend of one of your big four, your Mania, your SummerSlam, your Survivor Series, your Royal Rumble, then you do the TV the weekend of that. And you make it that week event where it's the Friday, it's the Saturday, it's the Sunday, it's the Monday – and now when they all when they make the big four pay-per-views two days, all of them, 
and now you're in that town for the whole weekend, and now it's an even bigger deal. It's like, oh my god, WrestleMania is going to be in Philly this year, and it's the Friday, the Saturday, the Sunday, and the Monday that they're all in Philly, and this is the first time that they've been in Philly in a year? That's going to be the craziest crowd in the world, right? Yeah. So, again, don't take these shows and then like people are like oh when they you know they're, they're gonna go back to england for money in the bank and then people are saying like oh they're really trying to get ireland to do a a, a pay-per-view there right and i'll tell you man they do that paper when they do money in the bank in the uk it's gonna be huge if they do a pay-per-view in ireland it's gonna be huge and afterwards everyone's like man they should just run the uk all the time man they should run ireland all the time they'll kill that town in three months flat with dull raws and dull smackdowns every goddamn week yeah, it's like, hey, Puerto Rico, I know you loved uh, Backlash. Here's a two-segment Dana Brooke match. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I hope you really love wrestling. They'll forgive you one time for it, but when you run a similar segment three weeks in a row, they're going to turn on you. Yeah. <sighs> uh, so, hey, um, obviously, Adam mentioned at the top of the show, the Patreon. Um, he said the classic add-ons is going out on Saturday. Uh, I think you said that uh, conversations with Joe, myself, and Derek Sabato is uh, going to be hitting on Monday. Is that correct? Yep, Monday at noon for the face of Patreon level. Face? The face. Uh, but yeah, no homework this week. I've already watched what you assigned, so I'm 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 ahead of things. Ooh, yeah, Joe, about that. Excuse uh, me. I, I wish I had gotten to you sooner. Uh, I, I'm I'm changing the homework for next week. So I watched the Marine Six for nothing. Well, you didn't watch it for nothing because the next time it's my chance to assign something, we'll we'll do the Marine Six and we'll do our little extra credit that I assigned as well. But I I, I took notes. And There's no I way I'm going to remember that. this in three weeks when you assign homework again. I'm going to have to watch the goddamn movie a second time. That's worse than watching it once. Well, I, I I'm sorry. <laughs> I have a more pressing thing, Joe, that I okay. need to assign. Um, now, normally we drop the Patreon at odds homework episodes on Fridays, right? You know, because yeah, early Friday later. morning, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know if you have a calendar in front of you, Joe. Do you know what the date is for next Friday? Well, let me do my. I don't have a calendar, but I can. I can do my gazintas here. If today's the eleventh and it's a Thursday, and if I add seven to that, that's the not. That's the eighteenth, right? Yeah. And then if I add one more to that, which is Friday the day after, wait a minute. <gasps> Next Friday is May 19th. May 19th. <laughs> yes, Joe. We will watch the star making vehicle of uh, See No Evil. Starring Mayor Kane on uh, the next episode of At Odds Homework, exclusively on Patreon, on May 19th. May 19th. And it is available on Tubi and Freebie. Oh, I was just I was just checking as we speak. Yeah. I would recommend, because I feel like every time you stream something, even if it's like tenths of a penny, that like the stars get a piece of that. I don't want Mayor Kane to make any money, so please make go out of your way to steal this <laughs> if you're out there and you have the opportunity to uh, to play along. But if you don't want to steal it, like I said, Tubi and Freebie. Well, so again, you mentioned Tubi, you mentioned Freebie. Uh, I know people use Plex now. It's on Vudu and Roku as well. Okay. 
Yeah, and like I said, if you can, steal it. If you can't, there's lots of legitimate ways to watch it. But uh, May 19th, we got to watch it. I've never seen it, Joe. I saw this opening weekend in the theaters. Of, of course you did. <laughs> it's wrestling and it's horror. Like, oh, you it's were my there. two favorites. Exactly. You were there when they announced the movie. They were like, sir, that doesn't come out for another three months. And you're like, I'll wait. <laughs> I Right. I did the, uh, I, I'm like, how come you're not doing a midnight showing of See No Evil? <laughs> and they're like, sir, this um, this movie has a budget of twelve dollars. Your ticket is going to make it break even. Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, next week, see no evil. Uh, and obviously, like you said, the Derek Sabato in- interview that drops on Monday. So yeah. uh, just a few days after you hear this episode, that'll be dropping. So tell a friend. Absolutely. Uh, so hey, let's get in some f- phone calls. We got a bunch, eh? All right. Let's do it. All right, first up, Other the other JB. Hey there, Joe and Adam. It is the Other JB here. Um, so just wanted to um, have a follow-up from uh, the question last week about how I came about getting to, you know, the people that I choose because there doesn't seem to be a rhyme or reason. Um, if you uh, recall that the start of this um, sort of um, recommendations uh, figure series kind of got borne out by the question of... Uh, you know, having a progressing syllabus of figures. And so I wanted to bounce around to different places. Usually it's just seeing a, what, a random match pops up on my TikTok feed and thinking, hey, I need to watch more of that person. So that's a little bit more of the, uh, you know, generation for how I come to asking about certain people and why it seems to be all over the place. Because if I just went by whoever is involved in a match of the person I previously you know, we'd just be circling around late 90s uh, WCW and WWF, which, you know, isn't too helpful because y'all are just following along with the 1998 already. Um, speaking of which, uh, the episode this week will be the first um, head-to-head of Nitro and Raw in which I was alive. Super fun stuff. Uh, sorry for making you feel old. I'll call back in a little bit about my homework question. I I think the whole purpose of that call was to make us feel bad. Is that what it was? Well, definitely to make us feel old. Yeah, well, I get it, JB. (laughs) I get it, all right? You have beautiful hair, hot girlfriend, Anna Jay, just rubbing in her face. Wrestling ring in your backyard. Yeah. You got to hang out with Christian for a long time. (laughs) All reasons for us to be jealous of you. Yeah. All right. If he calls back, he better he better be nicer in this one. All right. And I was gonna say, I when because when JB had mentioned this many moons many moons ago, I know it's been a while, uh, but he had mentioned that it was a pro wrestling syllabus sort of thing, and I was taking him literally, and I thought he's like, oh, he's just like having us assign shit for him for some project he's doing for like school or something. <laughs> yeah, like we're somehow get, like getting him a passing grade by listening to the show. Yeah, exactly. Well, you are getting him a passing grade. I'm just checking my phone looking at the Yankee score. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, so JB does call back. Alright. Hey there, Joe and Adam. It's the other JB here. So, um, calling back like I said I would. So, in lieu of asking for a specific wrestler's recommendation like usual... Um, I would open it up to the both of y'all, um, give you an opportunity to either highlight a wrestler or a match that you can't quite find, um, the reason to throw it into a show homework, whether it just being just 
weird offhanded thing or if it's just doesn't really fit in with um, the vibe of show homework. So, you know, whether it just be a random one-off match or just a wrestler that you want to talk about but never really have any uh, clear connections as to, uh, you know, what you wanted to talk about him. Talk about the wrestler for. Already, let me know. Hmm. I feel like I talk about everybody I want to talk about. I figure out a way to shoehorn them into conversation, whether they deserve it or not. What about yeah, you? Yeah, for sure. Um, now I will say, you know, um, so here's what I'll suggest to JB: just different things out there. Um, there is a Twitter account, and again, I'm gonna kick myself because I want to make sure that I'm getting the actual account itself correct here. Um, so the, the gentleman's handle is Chris, K-R-I-S, the letter P, and then Lettuce, okay? Oh, I get it. Okay, uh, so he has been and always uploads a bunch of, like, old wrestling and stuff, and he has been uploading a bunch of, like, really interesting, like, continental stuff. He's got a YouTube channel that you can go and check stuff out. Um, he's got a lot of rare stuff that nobody else has, and it's just interesting to see, like, the wrestling that nobody talks about, but, uh, this is something that I've talked about before, um, I don't think I got a chance to mention it directly in the podcast, I definitely mentioned it on social media, okay? Mm -hmm. Um, Monsoon Classic, great YouTube channel, if you're not, I think, if you're not following Monsoon Classic's YouTube channel, uh, he'll get you at the next AIW show, and, like, he'll, like, literally get you, get you. You know, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but about three weeks ago or so, uh, he uploaded from the August six two thousand episode of Sunday Night Heat, the Christian versus Dean Malenko light heavyweight title match with all four chicken suit uh, vignettes. <laughs> so if you've never seen that, it'll take about eight minutes out of your day. Yeah. It's Edge, it's Christian, it's Mick Foley, it's Dean Malenko, uh, the surprise cameo in it. Uh, Christian wants to win the light heavyweight title, but he needs to lose one pound before the episode of Sunday Night Heat is over. And uh, he does so through sweating off the water weight at the behest of uh, one Commissioner Foley. And uh, <laughs> it's some of the most fun uh, eight minutes of professional wrestling you'll watch. Oh man, I miss when Sunday Night Heat and that was like a good show. Hell yeah, man. Yeah. All right. Good luck, JB. Enjoy. Next yep. call. Hello, guys. It's the strongest man in all the land, Arthur MacArthur. Um, what can I say? There's a there's not a whole lot to talk about right now. I'm calling on Monday. Maybe there is. I'm just missing shit. But uh, AIW, the Twitter account, uh, had posed an interesting question, and they asked, "Who do you think has had the most improvement?" on the AIW roster. Now, um, I don't know. Let, let's use that as the question this week. And as a matter of fact, if you want to even expand it further, if you want to, you know, list, you know, list a wrestler that maybe some of your wrestlers don't, maybe some of your listeners, God, I can't talk today, dude. God damn some it, of your already. listeners <laughs> may not um, know about AIW. So, I don't know. Name me an independent wrestler or AIW roster member that you think has improved the most in, like, the past year or so. Uh, I, for one, I had voted for the slugger Austin James. Uh, seeing him uh, get in these higher roles 
I think he's a very underappreciated wrestler so far. You know, I've actually seen him work heel as well outside of AIW. Kayfabe, and I brother. think he has a bright future <laughs> ahead of him. Everyone loves a good baseball gimmick. Um, and there's many more I can think of who came through AIW. I could think of like Giles and Navarro, who's proved yeah. greatly, or Ziggy, et cetera, et cetera. I could go on and on. But those are just my examples. Let's hear yours. Um, first, I just want to say I, I watched the Cybernetico match, and uh, I'm a little bit disappointed in the slide that myself and Chuck have been on recently. Like, I really had high hopes that I was going to win that match, and uh, then I got eliminated relatively early, then Chuck got eliminated, and then pretty much everybody else that I was backing got eliminated, and uh, uh, Sam Hardway Holloway ends up winning it. And uh, that's one guy who, like, obviously I'm not an AIW tried and true fan. Like I was not watching AIW prior to, I don't know what, two years ago. When was the, the broski and uh, Myers and Sterling and swoggle against the rip city shooters. It's about two years ago. It's coming yeah. up on two years this summer. Like in okay, like two so, months, it's two years. Yeah. So like I might have watched a couple shows before that, but like, that's what got me to the point where I was like watching AIW. I, maybe almost every show. You know, whether it be live or catching a shortly thereafter. So I don't know a ton, but I'll say like uh, Hardway Holloway as one of the newer uh, students, one of the newer graduates, uh, like he's come a long way over the last couple months. Already mentioned Jocelyn. Uh, she was somebody who, with my amateur eyes, was kind of for a little while hidden in matches with PB Smooth. And now she's like a standout who's just beating every woman that Thorne brings into the territory, which is awesome. Uh, bulking season has shown a lot of improvement, even though they're on a losing streak. Um, there's a lot of people like, but again, like a lot of my favorites in AIW were big stars when I started watching. So I can't really say like, Oh, Josh Bishop has improved a lot over the last two years or, or Wes Barkley or, or, uh, Derek Dillinger, you know, they were already awesome back then, but yeah, those are just a couple names. So, you know, obviously, I'll admit I'm not as familiar with a lot of the new class yeah. of dudes uh, and dudettes from AIW as you might be and others might be. Um, I'll be honest, the move to fight has uh, made things difficult uh, for me to get a chance to watch them. You know, it was easier when things were on IWTV, but I completely understand why. And I know that you say, um, you know, you're not going to say someone easy, but... I guess I'm going to say someone easy, and I'm going to say Wes Barkley, only because, you know, um, Wes was kind of sort of pigeoned as, like, second to JB. Um, yeah. You know, obviously, Josh Bishop is, like, an unstoppable force no matter where he goes. And, you know, as Wes was trying to get out there and, you know, get those extra bookings, he was a lot of times booked as just a manager with JB, you know? Oh, really? Um, so Wes, you know, busted his ass, you know, put a little muscle on her, a little, uh, <laughs> it's an upper body business kid, you know? Yeah. And he went out there and he's making a name for himself away from JB as his own man. And, you know, he's really stepped up his game and he's someone who kind of sort of always had it from the first time that he debuted. And there's a lot of people that debut in AIW and they, you know, they have the friends and they have the family there. And they get that first initial pop, and then less and less friends and family are there, and then less and less of a reaction coming out. But Wes is someone who always connected and always got with that AIW crowd, whether the whether Barkley Nation was there or not. 
And now he's taken his show on the road. He's been in Pittsburgh a lot. He's been in West Virginia a lot. Uh, he's been further out west a lot. And, uh, you know, Wes Barkley is like my dude, man. He's awesome. Yeah. No, I agree. And, like, I always, again, because when I first started watching, he was associated with JB. And I saw them as, like, at the top of the card. So I just kind of always assumed he was the star that he's presented as now, you know? Because I right. wasn't there at the ground floor. Yeah, for sure. But... Um, I, I, again, check out the cybernetical. I did watch it on fight, uh, Yankee game ended and I tuned over and I was able to catch the very beginning of the cybernetical and, uh, uh, went back and kind of skimmed the rest of the show, but, uh, always try to make it a point to at least watch, uh, got to watch bulking season, you know? Gotcha. Of course. Next call. Hello, friends. This is Brett from we need wrestling. Um, just wanted to call, say hello Congratulations, Adam, on doing uh, numbies on that tweet last night. And also hashtag thank you, Vansky. He'll talk about that in a few minutes for weekly purchases. Um, I hope you guys are currently cheering on the Philadelphia 76ers to beat Boston tonight. So Sixers. Um, which made me think, in wrestling, there's been not very much basketball engagement. You know, you've had Dennis Rodman, Carl Malone, Shaq. Can't really think of any others. Um, so... Who would you rather an ultimate figure of, Rodzilla or Carl Malone wearing, like, the purple pants, doing that weird circling back-to-back pose with DDP? Carl Malone, real scumbag. Um, yeah, so just wanted to say hello. And now I'm saying goodbye. <laughs> um, Joe, I am the sports fan of this show. That's true. But I don't watch any basketball. If you tell me that it's a game seven of the NBA finals and it's like like LeBron against another superstar that I've heard of, I might check it out. But that's all the basketball I watch. I don't watch any basketball. Um, I, I, as, I'm, as I'm watching this, I think I understand that the uh, Sixers either have lost or are losing. Uh, based on that score you have on the screen, yeah, it looks like they lost to Boston. Yeah, so I'm sorry about that. Like I said, when I was a fan of sports pre-1994, um, you know, the, uh, the 76ers were my team. You know, that was like one of the ones that I was like, oh, I'm a homesteader for. I'm sorry, Brett. Uh, you could drown your sorrows in some smoked meatloaf this weekend. <laughs> um, more important than really anything else. But yeah, the, the answer is Rod- Rodman. You, if you can get Rodman to agree to put his uh, John Hancock on the line and get an ultimate edition Dennis Rodman, that that's where the money's at. Yeah, it has to be an NWO, you know, an NWO Rodman so that it matches the ultimate uh, NWO Hogan. Um, I would also settle for an AEW unrivaled Shaq figure. <laughs> From the uh, from when he, he wrestled against like Jade Cargill with uh, with Red Velvet as his partner, right? So like I, that would be a good way to get a, a Shaq figure into the line. I think that would sell more, like based on like twenty twenty three standards. Mm. But like uh, the collector in me would want a Rodzilla. Yeah, for sure. I think Rod- Rodman has a little bit more crossover potential, like more nostalgia value than Shaq does. Not a knock on Shaq, but you know. But you can sell a Shaq figure to, like, a kid today because they're going to know who Shaq is from, like, commercials and, like, watching NBA, like, analysis and stuff like that. Does he come with the general? (laughs) Yeah, a little general, like, micro brawler to go with it, you know? Yeah, there you go. And uh, I think none of us want uh, Carl Malone. 
I no. think that would be that's like the new Chuck Taylor figure that'll just be sitting on the pegs <laughs> to the end of time. <laughs> and I'll take your word for it there, Brett, that he's a real scumbag. <laughs> All right, next call. Yeah, thanks, Brett. Hello, gentlemen. Kevin here. Uh, man, I was really thrown off today. Uh, it's been a while since we've had a pay-per-view, and I was like, oh, it's Thursday. i got to post my homework. No, I don't have to because there wasn't homework technically. I mean, we know what it is, or do we? <laughs> we don't. <laughs> but anyways, uh, we didn't have homework because of backlash, and wow, what a crowd. Like, that crowd was absolutely insane. And I feel like it was more than a wrestling crowd. Like, for that audience, this was a very special occasion. Honestly, I think it transcended wrestling for those in attendance. Like, there's so much emotion just coming through uh, through the TV. But I, I tweeted, I was like, someone's life changed because of being at that show. Someone's going to point to that moment and say, that's when I wanted to become a wrestler. Like, there's just something special about that night for those people there. And I was in Toronto for WrestleMania for Hogan versus Rock, and there was, like, a tangible feeling in the audience that night. Like, just chills. You knew you were watching something that transcended wrestling. I'll even throw an independent thing there. Uh, when 2CW Square Circle Wrestling, which was uh, Central New York, was going, I saw this young wrestler from my hometown named Jay Freddy win their championship and just full of emotion. Everyone there, it was our, our local boy who we saw training right all the way up and, and just a moment that could never be uh, duplicated unless you were there physically and watching it won't do it. So for either of you, give moments that it was just for one night for that moment, for that match, that, you know, that whatever it was bigger than wrestling. Bigger than just a squared circle for the evening. Those are my examples. Hope you get some of your own. Can't wait to get going on the homework. I think I'll start it Sunday, maybe. We'll see. Talk to you later, guys. Bye. I love how Kevin's flex is like, yeah, I was there for Rock Hogan at WrestleMania in Toronto, but Adam, what CYC house show did you see that changed your life? <laughs> uh, I, I, I was also at Rock Hogan in Toronto as well. Oh, you can fucking fuck off with him. <laughs> <laughs> but I can't use that one because Kevin already used that one. So do you have any, like, a show, like, um, you know, obviously there's there's moments that were supposed to be moments. There's much smaller moments. I can't think of, like, a real WWE one that was, like, that Rock Hogan thing. But there was so many ECW ones that mm. were super cool. Like, we're going to get to it in a couple weeks. But when they do Raven versus Terry Gordy at the ECW arena, that was a big one. Um, you know, Brucey talks about it on his podcast this week, but like, you know, whatever the end result of the card was, but being a longtime ECW fan and being there for the first pay-per-view was kind of cool, kind of big deal, you know, um, and then as a performer, as being part of Chikara, you know, there's the King of Trios where, uh, Mantis, Hollowicken, and Frightmare won, you know, following their collective story throughout of all of Chikara was a moment. Um, you know, we're coming up on the 10-year anniversary of the show closing angle, um, you know, which we reviewed last year as part of show homework uh, back before the Patreon. But that was like a moment that people still remember and talk about. Um, 
you know, and, and Kevin made a great moment. There's so many moments in wrestling that like people point at and say like, that's when I wanted to become a wrestler. And like, they talk about it, you know, and like the most recent one that I would say prior to this bad bunny one was the, uh, Bailey and Sasha two out of three falls takeover match. Yeah. Like that is a match that inspired a new generation of professional wrestlers. And I think the bad bunny moment this past Saturday is going to be another more recent moment that it's going to inspire a new generation of professional wrestlers, not fans, but like people wanting to become professional wrestlers. Sure. Um, I, I can't think of anything that I've been to that you can say would potentially inspire uh, another generation of professional wrestlers. Because I mean, like I mentioned, I made a joke before I, I've been to a bunch of CYC WWF house shows. I went to a uh, nitro or a thunder and Wilkes bear <laughs> and like a bunch of non televised ECW house shows at the Kingston armory and the Flagstaff and stuff like that. So I, and even my one Chikara show, like it was a King of trios finals, but I wasn't emotionally invested in anybody. So like, I, I, I couldn't tell you if there was something coming out of that. Um, as far as something just having an electric atmosphere, you know, maybe not inspiring another generation, but like giving you that holy shit moment. I'm going to take some shit for this, but for those that were in attendance, they can't disagree with me on this. And I'm going to say it and I want to apologize in advance, but it was Nick Gage versus Broski at GCW. Like that, as far as being in a crowd for a moment that people talked about for a long time, you know, that was probably the biggest thing that I was at in person for. Like, was Eddie Kingston at the LVAC, like, way cooler? Sure. But it, did people talk about that outside of LVAC circles three months later? Probably not. You know, like, that's what I'm getting at as far as, like, a, an electric in-person moment. That's the only thing I could point to that I've been to. But I haven't been to a lot of wrestling. Yeah, no, no, I get you. And listen, I'll I'll be the first one to say that I give Broski a hard time and maybe de deservedly so. Um, <laughs> but Broski is going through a rough situation right now. Um, yeah. Obviously that I wouldn't and couldn't, um, you know, wish on anyone. But just the other day, um, he had tweeted out um, a thing saying, attention uh, deathmatch parentheses clout wrestlers and aspiring deathmatch wrestlers go watch me versus nick gage from gcw homecoming 2021 that's how it's done that's how you do it anyone wanting to remember wanting to get into that world should be shown that match day one remember it's called deathmatch wrestling not just deathmatch <laughs> yeah and, don't go fucking slit people's throats out there right and listen i'll i'll um acquiesce and i won't give broski too hard of a time because of course broski can't be serious without being broski you know <laughs> yeah but he's not wrong um it was a moment if you were at home watching it live it was a moment um people will remember where they were and how that happened and when that happened you know for the rest of their lives it was a moment you know yeah yeah and like I said, there's not many, like GCW is a glorified indie, you know, it's a, it's a bigger indie, but it's a glorified indie. There's not a lot of indie matches that have reverberations across other indies for like a year later, you know? Yeah. And that's what that did. So uh, I was, I'm happy that I was there. For sure. Uh, next call. Hey, Joe. Hey, Adam. It's Jayhawk. 
Uh, I know I'm getting this game a little bit under the gun here, but my son had a little lead tonight. And considering my son, if I love him, it's not very good. He didn't do a bad job tonight. Almost got a base hit. Only out by about two or three steps. Pretty good. Uh, so I don't really have a question or anything for you guys. I kind of want to check in and see how you guys were feeling. I can't wait to listen to the show. Uh, actually, I do kind of have a question for Adam. I actually saw your uh, high school baseball game in Tennessee where kids threw a seven-inning no-hitter, struck out 16, and the team had to forfeit because they have a 120 pitch count limit, and he threw 121 pitches. <laughs> now, granted, 120 pitches is a lot of pitches to ask a high school kid to throw, but I want to know what Adam's take is on something like that. Like, are we gonna? Do we really get that picky about one hit and basically take that no hitter off the books, or is Adam a rule a rule for rule type of guy? And yeah, take it off the books. They're just taking the kid out. Yeah, my understanding actually that the thank you for that kid. Yeah, yeah, started the at bat before 120. To 420 pitches, so yeah, you would have gotten a kid out of like two pitch and curve. That last kid out two pitch and curve, they would have counted. Anyway, that's all I got for you guys. Hope you have a good week. I'll talk to you guys later. Um, I don't know enough about the exact details of it, but from the sounds of it, he's saying that like I this is the first time hearing about it. But based on the fact that the pitch count went two pitches over that they erased the win from like the record books. Cause I guess he said that they had a forfeit. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's bullshit. Like I'm not like a rules guy, but at the same time, I'm like, don't fucking break the rules. But like, that's not the kid's fault. You know, like the coach if should know the rules of yes. the game. And like, if the previous batter, you know, got out with still like three pitches left on this guy's, you know, pitch count, like it's on the manager to yank him from the game. So like it just sucks that hey this kid had a, like a perfect game or whatever uh and now it's just gone because the manager, the coach didn't pay attention. So like if anything, like I don't know, it's a fucking high school game, who cares if it broke the the rules by two things? Put an asterisk on there, find the coach. I don't know, but it stinks that they're they're taking that kid's performance off the books, you know, cuz who knows, his arm might fall off tomorrow and he might never do it again, you know. But at the same time, you shouldn't let a fucking 16-year-old kid throw 120 pitches. I guess, I don't know, that's a, that sounds like a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. Like your and- average, they don't let major league pitchers go beyond like 100, 105, whatever. Mm-hmm. Cause they're like, they, that puts too much wear and tear on the arms. Unlike back in the day when guys would go like 200 <laughs> pitches, but anyways, uh, but yeah, thanks for checking up on us. Jayhawk. Um, I hope things are going well for you. Um, encourage your kid, even if he stinks at baseball, I stunk at baseball and basketball and I played up until like I was a teenager until I it, like my parents kind of let me realize that I wasn't good Yeah, and stop playing, you know? Um, you know, he'll he'll get it or he'll figure it out that like he's never gonna get it. That and that's a decision he needs to make. And I don't know how old your kid is, but it took me into like I played T ball and regular basketball from the time I was five up until about the time I was twelve, and I sucked at both. Um I'd have glimmers every now and then, but um once it started getting toward the point where it's like, oh, they're actually going to like 
pick the good people and not just put everyone on teams, I'm like, oh, my days are numbered. Yeah. And you know what, uh, Jayhawk, if your kid ends up not being good at baseball, he could probably play for the 2023 New York Yankees. Oh, I, I thought you were going to say something else to antagonize. No, I'm not people. even. I'm not even going to pile on that team from from Cleveland. Like they're bad, but like they're expected to be bad. The fucking Yankees, Joe, are expected to be good. They're expected to be great. You know what? You know what? Play that other song. Play it. We still have two more calls. I don't yeah. care. Play this song. <laughs> You know what, Joe? Yankees, three-game winning streak coming into today. Three games in a row. First time all season they've won three games in a row. But you know who they beat? The goddamn Oakland A's. The soon-to-be Las Vegas A's. A team so bad, they literally have possums living in the announcer's booths. This is a team that has backlog sewage into the the freaking dugouts. That's the team that the New York Yankees beat. The Oakland A's. So, who does New York start playing today? The goddamn Tampa Bay Rays. The best team in baseball. And you know what? The Yankees are scared to death of the Rays. And they sh- they you can tell. Aaron Judge, overrated. Everybody on the goddamn Yankees not named Harrison Bader needs to be shipped overseas to Japan. I want them all gone. I hate this team. And my fantasy baseball team started the week off up 50 points. But thanks to the Yankees, I'm not fucking losing. <sighs> all right that's all i got thank you next caller i don't know fantasy sports sounds like a dead end street it's it's if you know what joe if you're frustrated about something that's happening in real life fantasy sports gives you an opportunity to be twice as frustrated mm. right so like you're mad at the real game and then you're also mad at the imaginary game that you're playing in your head yeah like the yankee the yankees like i said they got destroyed today by the Rays, and one of the best Rays players, Josh Lowe, is on my fantasy team, but he's on my bench because I was like, oh, well, I don't, I'm not going to start him. And so not only did the Yankees lose, but the guy who put up all the points, I couldn't even get a benefit of that. Ah! Uh, listen, I, I, I have a clean slate and have had a clean slate for almost, you know, 30 years now, not caring about real sports. Plenty Aaron Boone more. needs to be fired, like, tomorrow. All right. And, and Aaron Hicks, another Aaron, there's a bunch of people that named Aaron on that team. That's the problem. Too many friggin' Aarons. And Aaron Hicks, guy hasn't hit the ball in, like, three months. Last time he hit a home run, I had hair. That's how long ago this guy was any good. Like, he needs to be cut. And then a couple days ago, he hits a home run, and it's like all's forgiven. We're just going to keep putting him in the lineup. What? The guy hits a home run in six more weeks of Aaron Hicks? No. He needs to go. Freaking Aaron Judge at the bottom of the lineup. Aaron Boone needs to go. Harrison Bader needs to be the face of the franchise. I, oh, I, uh, next call, please. All right. It's pink button time. It's young Ed's moment to shine. <laughs> Hey, Joe and Adam, it's Ed. Hey, um, I wanted to call and and I don't I don't know if you guys might have talked about this. I I maybe it's possible. I could see this one going either way. But for the first time and uh, you know maybe ever, I, I want to talk about some WWE and this thing that I saw that I liked. 
And I don't know if this is a controversial opinion, but I think Bad Bunny might be the best wrestler that I've seen in WWE this year. So keep in mind, it's a small sample size. I watched um, WrestleMania night one, except the main event. I left before that because I I don't care. The best match. Um, And then I watched WrestleMania night two, night two, but just Brock Lesnar and almost. All right. So that's all the WWE I've seen. And then I watched the Bad Bunny match, but just the Bad Bunny match. And that shit fucking ruled. That was awesome. Makes sense. Bad Bunny fucking ruled. Bad Bunny is the best wrestler in WWE. Um, I really liked it. I can't believe I liked that. It was, it was dope. It was really dope. Bad Bunny's famous. <laughs> hey, buddy. I'm at least... Glad that Ed is enjoying something that isn't like Impact or Heat Up or 205 Live, like something mainstream. And I think that's a step, you know? I like that Ed thinks, I'm going to come in with a hot take, controversial opinion. I'm going to say the thing that everyone universally loved on the internet, I also liked as well. Yeah, when did Ed sell out? He used to be very contrarian, very like a hipster, you know? It was this call. Now, I'm going to pose a question to Ed. Uh, this doesn't very rarely. This doesn't happen very often. But I'm going to publicly pose a question to Ed. You have your pick next year, main event WrestleMania. I don't care if it's for a title or not. Do you go Bad Bunny versus Logan Paul, or do you go Bad Bunny versus Omos? I think I know where Ed's going to go, but I want to hear his explanation for it. Whether you tweet <laughs> it at me or leave it on a call next week, those uh-huh. are two options for main event of WrestleMania next year. You got to pick one. Yeah, I mean, that's former 24-7 champion, Bad Bunny. Put some respect on it, you know? Almost had to have a run with the 24-7 title, right? I don't think he did. He was tag team champ to AJ Styles, remember that? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, poor Almost. Remember when he was AJ Styles' personal colossus? Do you remember when he was just the security guard for for Shane McMahon's Fight Club? Yeah, for Raw After Dark or Underground or whatever the fuck it was called, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Ed calls in one more time. Hey, Joan Adam. It's Ed. Hey, this is going to be like a JB uh, suggesting you stuff question, right? right? But it's, I think this is just for Joe. Sorry, Adam. I like you a lot. I just don't, I don't think you're going to have a lot of expertise here. Wow. Hey, Joe, I've watched and listened to, like, I think every Eric the Actor call. And it's not that I don't love them and they're not hitting the same. I still, it's, I still love them, but... I um I started watching like uh Elliot Often. Right. Like a, a lot of Elliot Often stuff on YouTube and uh that's great. And I just wanted to know, do you have any more suggestions of like black pack weirdos that you think I would enjoy? Uh like there's a lot of stuff I'm sure I haven't seen cuz I'm more familiar with like Howard on Sirius than I am like Howard and K-Rock days. Uh, but I need, I need some more weirdos to put calls on and like segments on while I play TEW. Um, in my current save, you and Steve Austin are the, uh, the announcers for my company. Oh, that's, that's a, fun. That's cool. Crew. Um, yeah, just let me, let me know. Cause like, oh man, Johnny Prado is starting to annoy me in these air calls is what it is. Like I'm starting to like Johnny Prado less. They just make shit up so they can just talk on the air. It's really weird sometimes. I don't know. Yeah, you got who? 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 Who next, Joe? Tell me who, who, who next. Who? 
Okay, bye. Adam, you want to make any Howard Stern whack pack recommendations to? Uh... Uh, I I was an Opie Anthony guy. Sorry. Yeah, I'm so, I'm sorry. How's that working out for you today? <laughs> I, I'm sorry. It's I don't have like what does Howard do? One show every other month now. Yeah. Well, listen, I'm 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 no better. Howard was on the air complaining this week that when he used to go to NBA games five to seven years ago, the players didn't acknowledge him. <laughs> But again, that would be like, you know, anyway, and enough yeah. about Howard, but, you uh, the, know, the last the last time I saw anything Howard, uh, remember when he had a show on E? I used yeah, to, I used to watch that all the time. All right. That was it. So, Ed. All right. Uh, I'm with you. You know, when you listen to so much Eric back to back to back, you could see how cooked up a lot of the scenarios uh, that Johnny Frotto makes for Eric and Howard plays along, whatever. Um, Beetlejuice is always a winner. Uh, there's an infamous one I'll send you the clip for because I think like the video of it gets pulled all the time. Uh, but the audio of Beetlejuice versus Gary the Conqueror in a battle of wits, one of the greatest moments in uh, radio history. I used to be able to recite it like uh, Dustin Hoffman's character in Rain Man would, uh, who's on first. Uh, Jeff the Drunk is a good one. Uh, Jeff the Drunk clips are really good because Jeff is like a physical mess. Um, And then Hank the Angry Drunken Dwarf is another one. Uh, There's an episode that you could probably find on the YouTubes from an e-show where an ossified, falling out of his chair drunk, Hank the Angry Drunken Dwarf plays rock and roll Jeopardy against Gary Delabate, and it's a classic moment. Uh, But yeah, Jeff the Drunk... Beetlejuice versus Gary in the Battle of Wits, and uh, I said Jeff the Drunk, Hank the Angry Drunken Dwarf. Those are my picks. I co-sign all of those. All right. Adam's going to choose the racist or the guy who does a Facebook show with a potato. (laughs) I I was a Jim Norton guy. Oh, okay. That's where I'll go with that one. Jim's got a good phone and a no-no phone. I like (laughs) Jim Norton. He's okay. Yeah. Weird guy, but he's okay. Yeah. Um, so, hey, we mentioned the Patreon a bunch. Of course, definitely check that out. Um, the uh, Tee Public sale is next week, so we'll give, or two weeks from now. Two weeks from now, two weeks from now. So we'll give you a reminder then for that. Uh, and, of course, the uh, eBay affiliate thing, when you click on links to various merchants on the site to make a purchase, this can result in the site earning a commission. Affiliate programs and affiliations include, but are not limited to, the eBay Partner Network. Yeah. And we got our first payout from it just uh, this week. Um, you know, after building it up for three months. Uh, you know, not the same as the Amazon one, but, you know, you live and you learn. Yeah, it's my cut of the fucking money, yeah. Exactly. Um, so yeah, that's all. Uh, and we haven't mentioned IWTV a bunch lately. Jerry don't return my text for two to three days. So he can go fuck himself. I love Jerry, but he can go fuck himself. <laughs> you know who can't go fuck themselves because they're all good peoples, Joe. These podcasts, Longbox Heroes, Longbox Heroes After Dark, Final Wrestling Place, We Need Wrestling, Viewer's Choice, Porch Talk, Hayabusa, Wrestling Cheers, Featuring Hayabusa Ed this week, by the way. Indie Wrestling Guide and Wings on Wings. I did not get a chance to listen to Wrestling Cheers yet this week, only because it was like, 
All right. I'm ready to go. I'm going to listen to Wrestling Cheers. I'm ready. And then, like, Bruce Pritchard releases two episodes this week. And I'm like, oh, that jumps to the line. Yeah. Oh, WATP's out early. Oh, that jumped to the line. God damn it. And then things got busy at work. But uh, I promised you uh, Wrestling Cheers is the next thing that I listen to as soon as we're done recording this. Yeah, I mean, first of all, Ed shows up on everything. So that, that like, he's on Wrestling Cheers. I think he's on Marcy from Indie Wrestling Guides podcast this week or last week or whatever that I have to look for. Uh, like, then, like... Longbox Heroes is like, hey, patrons, here's a four-hour-long podcast. And then I listened to the Myers Raven interview. I listened to the How to Be How to Be a Deathmatch King <laughs> or How to Be an Indie Whatever Broski podcast. And like, I am very backed up on podcasts now. So Ed, stop being on podcasts that aren't yours. Hey, listen, he's got to put. He, he's earning that money because every time that he says "Hi, a bussy," or I'm sorry, excuse me, every time he goes on a show and says "Hi, a bussy." It's them searching out soon to be named network, and that means we're going to get more listeners. So again, that $100,001 per episode. Uh, oh, it's not really- per episode. I've looked over the contract right. per year. I, I heard it was per episode, but anyway. No, I think that's Ed just being Ed. Mm-hmm. Anyways, let's get on to the best part of the show. Some might cost a little. Some might cost a lot. But I'm the $100 Vansky. And your figures will be bought. <laughs> Alright, Joe. I, I have... I don't have, like, any big boy purchases, but I have a lot of little purchases, so I'm going to do a couple, then I'll throw it over to you, all right? Yeah, I got a purchase. All right, perfect. Um, as Brett alluded to, um, I was on a doll safari in your neck of the woods a couple days ago. Uh, I went to your local Target, and I found uh, another, well, actually, a couple more of the Target-exclusive Ultimate Bretts. As well as uh, a Chase uh, Samu from the Head Shrinkers, from the Samoan SWAT team, whatever. Uh, and a regular Fatu. I forget what it was. It was like some combination of Samu and Fatu. And I knew Brett needed one of those. So I just shot the picture of everything that was there. And he's like, oh shit, I need those. I'll be right over. So I just kind of stood in the, the target holding on to the figures for a little bit until he showed up. But um, he is now the proud owner. I'm sure he'll go over this on We Need Wrestling uh, of both Samu and Fatu in the standard ones. And he has uh, a Samu chase. He needs a Fatu chase. So I'm still searching for that. But uh, I actually didn't buy anything when I was there. Uh, I was just holding on to stuff for him. And I think he bought, uh, yeah, he got the Bret Hart for DJ. So spoiler, when you go listen to their show, that'll be some of their weekly purchases. Yeah, and I guess, like, they've been popping up all over the place. You know, I know uh, a friend of the show, Kevin Ford, mentioned uh, that he had gotten his just recently this week. And it's crazy that this is a run of figs that are hitting the stores before the people who did the pre-orders through Target Online got them. Yeah, I can tell you as somebody who's probably ordered at least one Legend from just about every assortment, uh, normally the pre-orders do come out a little bit later than they, they appear in stores. 
but it's usually like, okay, rumor, you know, here's pictures of people in the doll groups finding them. And then within a week, the pre-order ship, you know what I'm saying? And gotcha. in this scenario, it has been weeks since people have been seeing these. And a lot of people's pre-orders haven't shipped yet. Um, like obviously Brett, uh, his, his head shrinkers didn't ship and both of us left the Wilkes-Barre target still waiting on our pre-orders for the Pauly dangerously, uh, which, you know, hadn't shipped yet. Uh, and that leads me to the next day. I woke actually that, that night, late at night, I opened up the target app just to see if there was like a shipping date on my Pauly. And it actually said that my local target had Paulies in stock. So I was like, oh shit, I got to make it a point tomorrow morning or tomorrow afternoon, whatever, to go get a Paulie. And I think the app said like five in stock or six in stock or something like that. And I woke up the next morning, like relatively early, just like wake up, go to bathroom or whatever. And I decided to look at my phone and it's, it changed from saying like five in stock to saying few in stock. And Ooh. I was like, Oh, fuck this. I got to go now. And I, I don't, it was probably like, it, it felt like the crack of dawn, but it was probably like 10 AM. <laughs> um, but I went to my local target and there was a couple poly dangerously on the shelf. So, uh, I canceled my pre-order and then I, cause again, I just saw Brett the night before I was like, Hey, you need one of these, right? And he's like, yep. So he canceled his. So we basically managed to get the figures we needed, uh, minus his chase fatu, uh, without use of the pre-order system. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, one other thing before I send it over to you, uh, eBay in conjunction with Funko has, uh, uh, an exclusive Funko Pop, and this week, speaking of, I was going to mention this at the beginning when you mentioned this guy, but uh, they had uh, an exclusive version of Rocky Maivia with the the blue siglet or not the blue trunks with the the weird tassels hanging down. Uh, Ninety six Survivor Series debut, Rock. Exactly, it's in that gear, but it's like got a metallic paint job, and that just went up for order this week on eBay only. Uh, so I grabbed one of those. What about you, Joe? What'd you get? Well, you know, you mentioned uh, earlier during the plugs, of course, on the Longbox Heroes Patreon, one of the shows that we do, previewing the past, uh, where we look at 30 years ago that month's uh, comic book previews catalog. Uh, you know, we just did in May 1993. Um, you know, we have catalogs for 94 and 95 all ready to go, but I sit here and I think to myself, self, mm. as we're recording uh, the May show... And we'll look at eBay, like some anomaly will come up or something weird, and I'll look up eBay to see if I could see and find them on eBay. And I was finding a bunch of people who were selling, like, pages, like, a page out of a previews catalog. There was a Spawn and Shauna the She-Devil book that was solicited and never came out. Mm -hmm. There's people who are selling that now, granted, they're not getting many bids on it, but the fact that they're attempting to sell the page out of the previews catalog announcing that, for like 15 bucks. <laughs> and then there was another person who was selling, like it was the same seller who was also selling a page. So now the fact that people are attempting to piecemeal these previous catalogs out, I'm like, I better get on top of this and start working on 1996. So I did pick up a guy who had a bunch for sale. Like there's a couple 96s that I see all the time, but it was one seller who had four of them and two of them I've never seen for sale before, before. Um, now, the guy also has some 1997 ones, but I'm not living in 1997 yet. 
Let's Get 1996 completed. Um, so I picked up four of those. They haven't arrived yet. Um, and I and I will put a caveat here. I want to see what the guy char- spent on shipping versus what he charged me on shipping. Mm. Yeah. What? Did, let me ask you this. Uh, did he not combine and just add up all the individual shipping charges? Correct. Yeah, that's... I would have... You know, I don't know how much you want to fight it considering some of those were rare. You know, you could... Uh, I would have potentially been like, yo, man, uh, combine this shipping for me. But you do have the opportunity oh, when, like you said, once you see the price on yep. there to message the guy and be like, I'll just make this up and say, hey, man, this has a $4 label on it. I paid you, you know, 18 bucks. What are we going to do about it? You know, and uh, uh, nine times out of 10, they'll, they'll credit you back. So I did send a request to combine shipping. Mm-hmm. And when he sent me the invoice, the combined shipping that he sent me was just the total of the four shippings. <laughs> oh yeah fuck that guy get get the stuff in your hand yep and then be like all right now we need to talk because you don't want negative feedback do you you know yeah, you yeah. basically imply that and i hate to be that sort of guy but like i got listen i got no problem saying this if i spent 30 dollars on shipping for these four previews catalogs and listen they're big they're heavy but you could send the media mail oh yeah cheap, you know yeah uh, like I, I could put them. Say, I could put those four previews, bo- four previews catalogs in a priority box, and I could send it for twelve bucks. Absolutely. I uh, lately have been doing a lot of selling uh, of DVD, or Blu-ray, and DVD s- television series. Yeah. And like in a lot of these cases, it's like, oh, here's, uh, like for example, I sold Arrow, the TV show Arrow. There's nine seasons, and each season is probably like five or six discs so like that box probably weighs like eight pounds and i was sending that shit media mail all day for four dollars a piece yep you know across the country and these things like they plop down like with weight when you put them on a counter you know so media mail is my go-to as long as you don't care about insurance you know exactly well yeah i'm interested to hear about where that that war goes yep um, I, I did just mention I've been the eBay opportunities have paid off well recently, so I treated myself. Uh, I bought one of the collector's cases that we talked about a couple weeks ago. I bought uh, a jumbo Transformers collector's case that I needed. Found one in really nice shape, and it was one of the ones in the collage I sent you. But it's the only other Transformers one I didn't have. Cool. So I did that real quick. Uh, I won't belabor the point, but I hashtag back the beaver, Joe. I, I bought uh, an engineer beaver plushie. <laughs> I was very afraid to click on that hashtag, knowing yeah. the way that social media works. Uh, yeah, uh, so I bought that to, to just, like again, support uh, a content creator that I enjoy. And I will say, not that it matters, but I did... With two hours left, I did back the Nitro entranceway. Uh, my mindset was there was some momentum at the time for the first time since, like, the first couple hours of it being up. It was growing, like, 20 people at a time every couple t- every time you refreshed it. And for whatever reason, I was like, all right, there's no harm in backing it because if it doesn't get funded, which I didn't think it would, uh they're not going to charge the card. So I was like, eh, whatever I'm, I'm pushing the number up one. And if enough people did this, maybe it got backed. I don't know. 
But part of me, Joe, part of me thought, what about, they said that they needed 5,000 people to make this thing. They got it up to, and I have the final number here, just because this is the last time we're going to talk about it. Um, The final number was 3,932. So it fell short by about 1,000 people. Mm -hmm. They could have very easily said, all right, we're going to go ahead and make this, and we're going to make 5,000 of them. Hey, you first 4,000 people, you're going to get yours for 400 bucks. And then a year from now, when these are in our hand, we're going to put those last 1,000 up on Mattel Creations as a ready-to-buy. But now they're going to be 600 bucks. And if you, if you don't want it, that's fine. But there's enough people out there that have FOMO or maybe didn't have the money the summer of 2023 but do in the summer of 2024 and you can leverage it being like these are the rarest ultimate figures ever made the rarest probably wwe figures like made recently i think they could have more than made up their money by doing that and again i was just having these harebrained schemes so i jumped in at the last minute and obviously it didn't get funded so i didn't have to pay for it but i just want to go on record i did uh i did back the entrance mm-hmm well, listen, we've all quit being wrestling fans and toy collectors uh, because that didn't get funded, right? That's what we were told to do. Uh, hey, leave off. <laughs> like, lay off the poor guy. He lost his cat. <laughs> um, it's, it's been 20 minutes. I can. It's over. Yeah. I will say what the one thing that wasn't uh, – I haven't been spending a lot of money lately because I can't shop in the Thursday night flea market anymore, Joe. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, maybe you for the best. And, maybe you can go and check some stuff for me, see what they're selling. No, I I pulled my um um patron to the major group like two months ago. Ah, uh, it's almost like they finally got on to us. They finally got on. It's okay. I was never in the. I, I'm rarely on Facebook in the first place, let alone in there. Um, yeah. you know, whatever. Um, do you have any other purchases? No, uh, nothing for me. Um, but as we're wrapping up the show, we're wrapping up the show. You don't have anything else. I have one other, like a, a potential thing I want to ask you about purchase wise, but like, if all right, not- well, I'll just, so tomorrow is my wife's birthday. Um, you know, I always want to get her stuff, but she's like, no, you don't have to get me anything, but I did get her stuff. She wants shit for the yard for gardening. And I got her like these funky things for like her beans to go up and whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as we're done here, I'm um, slapdash recording posting all the shit and then i gotta go run up to the GameStop for the uh midnight sale to pick up the new zelda game for my kid so he has it tomorrow when he comes home from school okay cool cool um my last thing and this is not a purchase but i want to i want to run something by you and this is uh you're the since i don't have access to marcus to ask this to i'm gonna have to ask you (laughs) it's sports it's sports adjacent so i do want to make a purchase and it would be in three days, so between now and the next recording. Um, the Scranton Wilkes-Barre Rail Riders on May the 4th had their Star Wars Day. And I don't know if you saw me retweeting anything about it, but they had all the players wore uh, a Star uh, a Mandalorian jersey on the field that day. Did you see anything about that? I did. You had tweeted at CPA asking them if there was <laughs> that you could like write that off as an expense or something. Yeah, yeah, because it's I believe the money goes to charity, and CPA big timed me on that. That's what the hell. Uh, but here's my question. So I do want the jersey because I'm a baseball fan. 
I'm a Rail Riders fan. It's my local minor league team. And obviously, it's cool to have a Mandalorian version of that. It's like worlds are colliding. You know what I'm saying? Yes. My question is, so they took all of the jerseys from all the players, coaches, bench guys, whatever. They put them all up for auction starting at 110 bucks each. Now, do I buy a no-name guy from the end of the bench who nobody's ever heard of and didn't play in the game and get it on the cheap? Or do I spend up, potentially spend double, to get a jersey that was A, worn in the game, and B, was worn by somebody that I can say, oh, that's so-and-so, oh, that's Davey Garcia. He he, got, he was pitching for the Yankees two weeks ago, or you know he was traded from the Blue Jays or whatever, like a recognizable name. Or should I just not care and just get like, oh, Bob, the, the third base coach, wore this one? What are you going to do with this jersey? I'm going to buy a, a jersey frame. And just like throw it in a frame, kind of like so, I did with like I like I've done with like I have a Swisher jersey and like that Myers vest is in one of them, like that type of deal. Will you be able to see the number the way that it's being um, displayed? No, you would you can't uh, unless it's hard to tell because the pictures that they posted, I think it's the same picture in every single listing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so I don't know if the patch that's like down by the waist that would have the size. I think they sometimes have the numbers on them. Like I just shot you a text. Um, but the actual jersey number is only represented on the back. If you're just going to put it in a shadow box on your wall, I say just get whatever the cheapest one is. Yeah, even if it's like Joe Schmo, the the, the freaking pitching strength and conditioning coach. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, I, I it depends on like, because they're all there's uh, one or two nobodies that still don't have bids, and those are still at 110 bucks. And it, then there's, is there someone in particular that's on the team that looks to be a good future prospect? Not or that really. Looks to be like someone that you're a fan of. There's nobody on the Rail Riders right now that's like, oh, this guy in like two years is going to be a superstar. Okay. Uh, because all of the good players in the Yankee organization are either, well, I don't want to say they're up on the Yankees, the Yankees are terrible, uh, or they're like still down a level or two lower. So yeah. everybody that's currently on the Rail Riders is either major leaguers who didn't pan out or like career minor leaguers. You know, there's nobody, there's one or two guys who had a cup of coffee in the majors and I could target those guys, but those are the ones that instead of being like 110, 120 bucks, those are the ones that are at like 200 already. I'd go for whatever the cheapest one is. Yeah. Just Joe Schmo. Just yep. to have one. Cause at the end of the day, there's only like 26 of these things, you know? Right. So I think that, that I can justify just getting like whatever the cheapest one is. All right. I was just curious. Like, we'll see what happens. I have to actually see if you have to, like, log in and create an account because it's, like, an auction auction. You know what I'm saying? So Yeah, yeah. It's not like um, eBay or something shit like that. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'm going to look into that, and maybe next week I'll have one of these Real Riders jerseys for weekly purchases. Absolutely. But that's all I got. All right. Good. Great. That's fantastic. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. This was episode 241 of At Odds With Wrestling. Uh, for Adam, this is Joe saying thanks for listening, be safe out there, and enjoy some wrestling. 
You're listening to the soon-to-be-named network, the Lamborghini of Podcast Networks. 